We're going to be learning with the Sichas Chelik in the Tas, the first Sicha in the Gerasa which is based on the Gerasa Truba Paragimov. So, just to give a little introduction, what the Paragimov is discussing, it's discussing the topic of Tainus and the, and the that the main, I'll try to explain the Paragimov, but the main part of the of Truba is the idea of a Ziba Sachet. Nonetheless, there is this concept of the fasting, and he explains the paraphrase that the idea of the fasting is that it's similar to a gift that one brings after he's been forgiven by the king. That after he had his prophet come in, that which is the carbon hotness, and he's been forgiven, nonetheless, he brings the carbon as a gift to make him once more. And at the end of the parak, he also continues to discuss how the idea of the Tanis is a eighth ratzen, and therefore he says that. That the idea of a tainus creates an eighth ratzon for the person. That's why the Rizal taught us tamidim apichach How many uh, fasts you're supposed to do for every avera, even if these are averas that don't have karsimis for mind. For example, if a person gets angry, he's supposed to do 151 tanesim. If he's oivan isa like tamiyain, he does 73 tanesim. If it's a bittul mitzvah like davening, 71 tanesim. So he's basically telling us the idea of the fast is not something which is halakhaqui required, but rather it's to create this etzrats and it's to be a durin to the, the king. And then in Pergimel, he continues with the discussion that based on this idea of fasting, there's a machlikus of the chachmei musr, how many fasts, how many times should you do these fasts? So the first opinion says that you, Meaning is when you do an Avera, the same Avera, let's say multiple times, should you just fast once, or that, that series of fasts, that set of fasts, should you do that set of fasts once, or should you do uh, the set of fasts multiple times based on how many times you did the Avera? So, for example, um, he tells us that the first opinion tells us that you need to fast according to the Mispah uh, for that Chet, according to how many times you sin. For example, if a person is so the amount, the set of fasts that he's supposed to do is 47 times, uh, sorry, 84 fasts. So if a person is Moitzi Shukha Zerl Matala, he should fast 84 times. And if he, if he does the sin 10 or 20 times a Derek Mashal, then so he have to do, they have to fast 10 times 84, or if he sin 20 times, he'd have to do 20 times 84, and this is similar to a Korban that every time you do a, an Avera, a person eats chalev, and then he knows he did chalev, so he's chayv a carbon, and then he eats chalev a second time, you'd have to bring a second. And even if he's done four or five times, he's been oivran, uh, it's sort of eating chalev, you would have to bring five carbonists the next time he's in the base of Mikdash, uh, five carbonists uh, chatas. So that's the first opinion. The second opinion says that you just need to do the fast one set. So if a person is moitzit shifu zera, 10 times, he doesn't, he just fasts 84 times in that that's it. And he compares it to the Karbanayla, that in the Gemara, when it talks about that a person's Oivar Mitzvah's essay, that he brings a Karbanayla, you could bring one Karbanayla for many of theirs. So he's saying the same thing over here, this idea of the Meratz Dufnei Hamelach, this idea of bringing a gift is more similar to the Karbanayla, therefore you just would fast 84 times for Shifmazel Lomotah. And he tells us that the Hachram Kubala says that you should fast three times. And he explains because when a person, uh, based on the Zara, then a person is high in front of Hashem, 
The first time makes a, a Rishimri on the on the Neshama, but when he does the Avera three times, it's it gets uh, transferred and it's mispashed from one side all the way to the other side, meaning it completely takes over the person. Therefore, the mispashed sentence that a person should do should be three times because that would get rid of this. Uh, that that's the main gun, and the person is accomplished after three times. So therefore, the soimus that a person should do should should be three times, which would get rid of the iker. Rishimoy, uh, the sticker kesem that's being put onto the person. Okay, so that's the introduction to what we're discussing, just to know the background of the pair. So what we need to understand, even before we really get into the shaylos on the pair, is what's the source of machlekes of this, these three opinions? The opinion that says you need to fast the person did ten times, and you got fast the sets by ten. A second opinion is no, you always only just do one set of fasts. And the third opinion, which is the Hakram Kabbalah, is that you're supposed to do it three times. So we have to understand this far as And that's really the focus of this year. But to get into that, let's ask a few questions on the parrot. So the first question is right in the beginning of parrot Gimel, the author tells us that the Chachmiya Musr argued, Gemisha Chat Chet Achapam Rabbis. And the first opinion is the Yeshraven that you need to be Misana. And he then gives an example. So the Shaila is, why does the Alter Rebbe need to give an example? It, it seems like a very easy concept to understand that according to the first opinion, you fast whatever the set is based on how many times you sinned so all he need really to tell us is that really the first line the why does he have to give an example of which is 84 and then you do it 10 and if you sin 10 times then you have to fast uh 10 sets of 84. this seems to be very possible so why does he need to even give an example uh, this is the second shaila would be is, if you're going to give an example, why do you have to give an example of Shekhar Zerla Why don't you just give one of the examples that we already mentioned in Parak Base? He gave an example of anger, Stamyayin, Pitotvila. So why doesn't he just utilize one of the examples that he gave earlier? The third question is, why does he have to give a number? He gives a misper Masuim. He says, if a person sinned 10 times or 20 times, then you have to fast 10 times or 20 times that amount. Again, why do you need to give a number? It, it seems very poshit. Um, it seems very poshit, the cheshvin of the, this first opinion. Why do you have to tell you? If it's 10 times, then you have to do 10 times in sets. Isn't that something we could figure out on our own? Why do you have to give an example? And especially the example I'm saying of the Misper Masuyim. So the, so the Rebbe's father, Blavik, has a, discusses that last point. That when after ever gives the example, he says 10 times, 20 times, so he says, why does it say Esser or Esrin? So he says he takes the Dukma as Esser or Esrin because by Shikhazerla the Zera is a Tipa. And the Pagan is in the Mayach, in the brain, as we're going to discuss that later on in Peritas. So the idea of the Tipa is, is Chachma. So in the very itself, from the Zera, the Zera is the union of a Chachma. 
And the pagan that a person causes by is, is a pagan which, which, which is caused inside of his brain, specifically the, the moich of Chachma. And Chachma knows the oif yud of Shemavaya, yud kevavke. So the first yud is Chachma, which also has the demos of the tipa. And so therefore, it's Esser, the high yud. So that's why he gives the first example. We're talking about Shemavaya, where's the pagan by Shemavaya, that would be in the Esser, in the Chachma of the person. That's why he says also at the end of the parak. Um, the Alter Rebbe tells us that nowadays, where most people are unable to fast, even three steps, three steps like that from Kabbalah, he says you should really be, uh, you, you should get tzedakah instead. But then he continues that for the Avonis HaChamurim, like a, a, if a person was Oyebron and Aver, which is Chai Lisa Deshemayim, for example, Shuch Vazela then a person should talk and fast those three, uh, three sets of 84. And he says, how could you do it? He says, the first set, you should do properly, full day fasts. And he tells us that, how could you do it? He says, you should do, uh, you'll do 10 times, you'll you do, do, do the fast in the winter time. The winter time, the, the days are shorter. And you'll fast 10 times for each winter. So, you do, so, so this year, you'll fast 10 times in the winter. The next year, you'll fast another 10 times until you make up your 84 fast over um, eight or nine years. And then he says the following two sets that a person needs to do, you can do, do half, half day fasts. So meaning is you fast till chatzais, and you fast two days till chatzais, which is pretty easy. Eventually you'll fast uh, four, four halves would be basically be equal to two regular fasts, and that would get rid of the other two sets that you're supposed to be doing. So set number, you're supposed to do three sets altogether for these avoidance chamorim. So the first set you'll do properly, and you'll, you'll split it up every year in the winter time, 10 each winter. And the other two sets that you're supposed to do, you'll split them in half. You do half-day fast till chatzais, so you do four uh, half-day fasts, that would equal to the two sets of fasts that you're gonna do, uh, that you're supposed to do, and then you'll, then you'll be finished uh, with your obligation. So the Revelator points out that also over there, the altar uses the expression of, for example, 10 fasts during the winter time. So why does he use the example of 10? Is it's for the same same idea because over there the example that the author gave for uh, what is an example of this there uh, which is misubdeshamayim he says since the pagam is in the mayach therefore there's like ten fasts each winter to the maramas again to where the pagam is which is in the mayach so that's why it says ten why does it say asrim or asrim he says because if you look at the letter yud how is yud spelt and how is yud pronounced it's pronounced as a yud vav and a so yud vav dalid equals twenty. So how the letter Yud is on its own, how it's seen a Yud, that refers to Chachma. And how it's also spelled and pronounced, it sounds like a Yud, which is a, we spelled Yud Vav Dalit, that also equals Hathim. So that expresses, again, this is a remnant that the Begam is in the Moyach of Chachma. And we'll discuss later really what the difference is. They're both showing and expressing Chachma. What's the difference if it's being expressed through the letter Yud or it's being expressed through the spelling of the Yud? As a we'll get to that later. But the point is that the Vladik is telling us that the reason why he gives an example of 20, 10 or 20, is, um, is to, to, to be Muramas to the Indian where the Begam is. So, so the problem with that is, though, that first of all, we're not really talking about Shikh Lazar al-Matala. We're talking about a Machloikis of the Chachmeh and Lusser. How many sets a person is supposed to fast if he was over the same Avera multiple times? So, we're not, so even if he needs to give an example, he gives the example, why does he have to be moist at 10 or 20 
in order to say that where is the begam of Shikhazal that's in the Mayha Khachma. We're not talking about Shikhazal. That's going to be discussed in Paris. So Ibazoi, the Shaila that we had was that Lakhira, even if you want to give an example, why does he have to tell us that if you're being over ten times and you have to do ten times? That's something which is Pasha would say, for example, Shikhazalatala, you have to fast eighty-four times and you will fast according to how many times you're over it. Why do you have to give an example, ten or twenty? So the Reb Leibik is answering because he wants to be Maramis to wear the Begamas, which is in the Meich HaChachma. But we're not talking about Sheikh Hazel So why does the Reb have to be Moise words to tell us that it's a Begam in the Meich by Sheikh Hazel when we're not, when, when that itself is really just a dogma of something else? And the next child would be is, which Reb doesn't seem to be discussing, is why does it say Bechem Laid? So he tells us why it says Esrim or Esr or Esrim. Why does it say Bechem Laidlam? Why does he have to bring that? Uh, you know, the, which which is again something which is self understood um, from from the parak. The last point would be in the end of the, in the closer to the end of the parak, where the author tells us that the uh, that a person should. You know what? We'll get to that last point later on. Okay. So the Rebbe introduces to us and tells us an important note about the Ars of Levik, that we know that the Ars of Levik were written when he was in um, when he was in exile, and therefore he was didn't have that much paper and didn't have much ink. Therefore he would write things very pikitsa. And therefore the the Ars that he gave, not only did they answer the questions that he's clearly identifying, for example over here he's telling us why does it say Esser or Esrim, so it's a diak on the words why Esser or Esrim, Many times it's actually coming to answer many additional shilas, which he didn't bother writing because he probably didn't have the paper. And then, even more than that, the Rebbe says that many times that when he's trying to tell you a vort, which seems like just a vort telling you why the author uses a particular word, it's not just telling you why that particular word is being used. Rather, the diik of that word actually explains the toichin of the inyan that's being discussed at that point of time. Meaning is that over here, when it says esr, esim, it's not just telling us why he used those words, and you know why did he tell us ten or twenty, and not give an example of, of nine and nineteen. So he's telling us, oh, ten and twenty is because it's No, it's not just trying to tell us why he gave an example or why these particular words. It's actually trying to explain the tefillin of this pair, which is a machloket of the chachamim Musa. So by understanding the deep revelation, why it says ten and twenty, we'll actually understand the source of the of of the chachamim Musa. So an important point. Within the, the Bir, bir Advar, and this is the main Kufa Bir of the Sikha, that when a person does an Avera, there's really three types of Pugamim, blemishes that are happening in his Neshama. And, and, and commiserate with the three Pugamim that he has, the Tikkun that he needs to do uh, will be corresponding to those three Pugamim. So what are the three pagamim? Pagam number one is when a person sins, he's being murdered the malchus. He's being murdered against the shem, and it doesn't really make a difference which avera that he's doing. By the very fact that Hashem said that you're supposed to do all the mitzvahs and of course not do all the avers, and then you were over even on just one mitzvah, you didn't do a mitzvah essay or you did a leisa essay. What you're saying is that you, you're your own balabas. Even if it's in one thing that you're your own balabas, that's an essential change. And at Sadiq or an Evid, is something that's completely bottled to the king. His path, his purpose is to do what the king wants, to do what Hashem wants. A Rasha 
is he does what he, he himself wants. Many times the Russian might want to, he decides that he wants to do what Hashem wants. He sees that, that there's a Mila and Tyre Mitzvah, so he'll follow Tyre Mitzvah. But essentially he's working for himself. He, he's there on his own. And the proof of it is that when it gets too hard, or when he has a Taiva for something, he will go and go on his own path. And that's expressed really just by one of their. So if a person even does one of their, or is Mavapa, one Mitzvah's essay, that's an expression that he's a Russia, that he has his own path. He's not just on the path of Hashem, he really has his own path and many times that will converge with the path of Hashem, but not necessarily. So what's the ticket? So the ticket the Rambam tells us is that uh, this is an Pilchas Tshuva Perbeza Lachbe, Shiyazva Chaita Chaita Chatoi, Miyigbubliba Shulayasayoid. That he says that a person has to desert to leave his chat and, and, and make that decision that he will never do the schat again. Meaning is that the tikkun is that instead of being mired the malchus by doing this particular avera, you decide that you will never be mired the malchus by doing this particular avera again. So that would be the tikkun, that he was mired the malchus at this thing. And so he will masakin this merida by uh, dedicating himself to Hashem and, by, and, and not using this avera. Now, the Rebbe actually is Moisif, a, a, a very big hadgasha on this, which is a big chiddush of Al-Tarebbe, that it's not just Vart that he's he's not going to do this particular Ravera. Rather, when a person does tshuva, the, the essence, the mahus of tshuva is that he makes a Kabbalah ma to always do what Hashem wants, that he will be makabal upon himself the Ol Ma'al and that he will makabal upon himself the Ol Mitzvah. So that fits better with what the gather of the Pagam was, according to the Al-Tarebbe, that it's not only for this particular aver, but the, the point that a person does an aver shows on a mirida in general against Hashem. So the ticket is that he has to be makabal of Omah Hashemayim. Makabal of, first he's makabal the Malchus, and then he's makabal the Gezeris of Hashem. And that is what uh, his truva is. The, the Lashon of the Rebbe, the Rebbe says very interesting. He says in the Pim, he writes that the Mahus, what is the essence of truva is? He says it's a Kabbalah Lahaba. Mahus of truva is a Kabbalah. According to other Mayna Mitzvahs, they, they discuss that, um, the, sorry, not Mayna Mitzvahs, but those who discuss what truva is, they bring different Gedarim exactly. Truva also includes Charata sometimes, and they put that includes Avidoy. But he says, what is the Mahus? What is the essence of truva? Going to the Rebbe is, it's a Kabbalah Alahaba. And then the Ha'ara, the Rebbe says that the Gedder of Tshuva, meaning is, what is the Gedder of this Kabbalah? So Tshuva is a Kabbalah for the future. What is the Gedder of this Kabbalah? So he says it's Kabbalah's all Ma'achul Shemaim, and afterwards the Kabbalah's all Mitzvah, that he's putting upon himself the yoke of Shemaim. So that is the first Tikkun. So the Fabgam was a rebellion against Hashem, so the Tikkun is to the Kabbalah of all Ma'achul Shemaim and all Mitzvahs. The second Pagam that happens is in the limb that did that particular veil. For example, a person says Lashon Hara, so there's a pagam in his time. So in, in, besides for the general merida that he has against Hashem, there's also a pagam which is made in his tongue, that his tongue did something which was wrong, or any of that limb which did something wrong. Because the, the tmimus and the shlimus of each limb, the, the spiritual limb and also the physical limb, is totally that a person is mekai mitzvah, so he's mevatel mitzvah, or he's either on one of the shasal limbs, to say, that's making begam in his spiritual limb of the neshama, and also the spiritual limb, and his physical limb in his body. So the tikkun is that you do a, the tikkuni shachua, which are shaykh to that particular limb. And that will also include, which was relevant to us, the mitzvah hatzayimus, that we said that each avera has a certain amount of tasks that you're supposed to do. 
So that the reason why there's different sets of fasts and different amounts of fasts for each of because each various shaykh are different limb, and therefore um, the tikkun for that particular limb would be somewhat different. The third type of agam is that when a person does an aver, it's actually a main of the kilka that happens in that one limb really gets transferred to all the limbs. And there is a myth of a call stream, like when a person does a mitzvah, it has an effect on the whole world. When a person does an avera, that has a negative effect on the whole world. So similarly in your own body, when you do a mitzvah, it's not just it has an effect on that one limb that you did the mitzvah, rather it has an effect on the entire body of the person. So similarly by avera, when a person does an avera, it has an effect not just on that one limb, but it has an effect on your entire body, uh, has a certain um, hashpa from that which is being wrong. Um, just some examples of this, the Rebbe doesn't bring this, but some examples we see this concept. We have the idea of mitzvah greris mitzvah, very greris mitzvah. Uh, how could one mitzvah, let's say uh, you uh, do, do a mitzvah with your hand, how is that greris or cause a mitzvah that's going to be done with your leg? Alamai, there's a connection, similarly to an avail, that there's a certain sugal and has a certain hashpah. When your person's involved in mitzvahs, that has an hashpah in its entire body, that it, that it draws into mitzvahs in general. person does a verus, that causes them to be drawn uh, to a verus. Another example is we find that the Rambam says that a person is very affected by his sviva. Therefore, if he's in a bad sviva, he should leave where he is and, and live in the desert because the place where you are will have an effect on, upon you. So similarly within your body, if part of your body is contaminated, has a disease, that doesn't just have an effect on that particular limb that has a disease, it will have an effect on all the other parts of the body which is connected to that, uh, to that limb. So what's the tikkun? The tikkun is, is, as the Rambam says, that the dark yachuvah, the 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 the, 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 the derech of chuvah is that a person is supposed to be mishana mice of kulam latayvah laderech hashara. Part of the derech of chuvah is not just fixing that one of air, but it's you're changing all of your mice. So that's the Rambam writes that you should change all of your actions latayvah. So why? What's the vart? If you only did an avir on one, then why do you have to be mishana all of your mice? So I understand, like Alter says, you need to have a kabbalah lahaba to do all of this. It's fine, and of course you need to. Make sure never to do that avera again, and you do a tikkun for that particular avera. But why do you have to change all of your actions, make all of your actions better than they were before? The reasoning is because there was a certain pagan which is affected that has affected all of your limbs. So therefore, in order to get rid of that pagan, you have to have a tikkun which will affect all of the limbs, and that's by changing all the deeds which are done with all the uh, all of your mice. So that's the the three types of pagan in general, and uh, the three types of tikkun. So the Rebbe says that entirely we always find everything has a klal of pratim. There's klal of sahu pratisa, meaning every klal has pratim. And then when you look at a prat, within that prat itself, you have more klal. You know, if you think of it as like time, uh, we know that the Hashem, says in, uh, Hashem created six days, in Kabbalah, and each day that He created has a thousand years within it. Like uh, the first day of creation was a thousand years, which was created with the Midah of Chesed. But within that thousand years, within each year, there's 365 days. And which in each day there's 24 hours. So every klal has a prop. So you have a year which has is a klal for 365 days. Each day is a klal for 24 hours. Every hour is a klal for the 60 minutes which is an hour, etc., etc. So similarly with the entire itself, every in, in the Indian of Tshuva we have these three general principles. But within each of them we can actually find these three karatim within each of the principles of what we just discussed. And what the Rebbe Nisif is going to be focusing on is, is the second principle that we mentioned, which is that when a person does an Avera with a particular Aver, that Aver has the Pagam within it. So he says, if you look 
within what is the pagam that's done in that particular way. So if you look at the klal, let's just go back a bit. If you look at the klal as a person, if you look at the person as a klal, then what is happening when he does an avera? There's three problems. There's what happens to his body in general, that his entire person, he is an individual that's being murdered. Then there's a pagam which happens on that particular limb. And then there's a pagam which happens with how that limb is connected to all the other limbs. But when you look at the prat, let's just look at the arm itself that's in an avera. So in the arm itself, you also have, will have these three things. There's the gam, which is uh, in the arm, meaning that when a person does an avera, that causes the gam in the arm, how it is for itself, not how it's shy any of the other limbs, how it is for itself, that the arm has a certain function and a certain purpose. That purpose has been stained, has been cut off, you cut the rope, in a sense, for that particular limb by doing one of their, and you already destroyed and made a pagam in what the purpose of that limb is. That's how it is for itself. But then there's how the limb is connected to the other um, limbs. And as I go for, there's two, there's, two, there's two problems. One is how within the limb it has a connection to all the other, uh, all the other limbs. Meaning that we know that the body, all the different parts of the body are connected to each other. So within the one limb, let's say the arm, within that arm, you'll also have all, a certain connection to all the other limbs, but within the arm itself. Also, that's one level. There's also another level is that within each of the different parts of the body, there's a connection to the arm. So there's the, within the arm, it has a connection to the different parts of the body. And then within all the different parts of the body, there's a certain connection that they have to the arm. So when a person does an Avera, A, it makes a Pagam in how the arm is for itself. Then it also makes a Pagam in the, how all the other limbs are colored within the, the arm. And then the third thing which happens is that the portion of the arm, which is in all the other limbs, there's also Pagam in that. So how the arm is connected to all the other limbs within those other limbs, that Chalik, that arm Chalik, which is there, there's, there's a pagam already inside of it. So that's so that those are the three types of pagam we have within a prop. Again, so we have how the arm as an Indian fnei atzma gets a pagam. Then the arm, how it has a connection within itself to all the other different parts of the body that has a pagam. And then the koyach uh, of the arm, how it is found within those other limbs, that also gets a, a pagam. What's the nafkamina? So the nafkamina is how when a by when a person does an avera, how much of an effect does he have on each one of these three halakim? So when a person does an avera with his arm, the first time you do an avera with that arm, you've already uh, caused a, a, caused it to be severed from Hashem. Just by doing it one time, it's caused it's causing it to be severed, and that etzim connection that this is an arm which was meant to be utilized, it's supposed to be used as for Hashem's sake, that has been destroyed. Just like when a person sins in general, there's a merida that this person is a merbamah. So similarly in the arm itself, you have that this is an arm that was supposed to be used for the sake of Hashem, and now it's not. And that's accomplished really by just doing the very once. Then there's, again, how the other limbs are within the arm. So that's by three times. The first time you do Navera, it affects them to a certain degree. When a person does it, the same Avera, three times with the arm, then it has a 
it's, it penetrates the arm completely until even how the other limbs within the, how they, the koichus of the other limbs, how they're found within the arm, they also become contaminated. And then when a person continues doing that there even more than three times, uh, that tuma continues to spread throughout the body. So when a person does it one time, there's a certain tumor that will be within all the entire body because the arm has a shaykhus of the entire body. The arm is found within the entire body. So it causes a certain state. You do it two times, three times, four, a hundred times. Every time you do it, it continues to cause a certain stain in those other limbs. It never will penetrate them from one, completely. The reason being is because those other, like let's say the leg, the leg isn't an arm. True, the leg has a connection to the arm. Of course, there's nerves and there's many wave patterns that go from the arm to the leg, and therefore there's a connection. But however much uh, contamination is coming from the arm to the leg, it's not the contamination of the leg itself. The leg on its own is something which is good. There's a certain tumor, there's a certain influence uh, which is affecting it, but it will never be able to completely take it over unless the leg itself doesn't appear. But that's why he says, uh, that when, uh, according to this, uh, it, it, there could always be a tumor which is constantly being spread. So based on this idea, now we can understand as far as the between the three opinions, are you supposed to fast uh, according to how many times you sinned, maximum three times, or just one? So it's based on these three sfars. According to opinion that says you just needed to bring one set, one carbon of the carbon oil, or one set of tanesim, he's looking at the sin, how it is mitzad, mitzad atzmi, how it is mitzad that particular limb. So if a person did a sin with the arm, the arm has become essentially disconnected from Hashem. So by doing the, by doing tshuva and then you're doing this one set of fasts, you're making the essential connection return, and that's what he focuses on. He focuses on that part. The opinion that says you should do three times holds that in addition to focusing on the arm, you also have to focus on how the other limbs are incorporated within the arms, how the other kriyas of the body are incorporated to the arm that also needs to be rectified. Well, the third opinion says that you also need to focus on um, how they are, how the, 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 that particular limb that's in, how it's found within the rest of the body, uh, and every time you, you do it in a vera, that adds more tumma to it. And based on this, we could answer the questions that we have. Why do we have to give Bechlal an example? Why is the example of Shifazer Levitaliyut? And why does the Altaribba use the Aser, Asriim, and Mechain Lailam? So the idea is that what the Altaribba is trying to explain by giving this example, he's trying to explain what the Svarsa Machlaikis is. And he gives the example of Shifazer because it's the best that expresses the Svar. The Rambam writes that he writes that Shifazera, he says, that the more it's being wasted, the more that it comes out, it causes the body to become weary, and the kachas of the person to become weary, and his life is lost. And he says even more than that. He says that the shikhazer is the koyach of the goat. It's the chayab, meaning is that the shikhazer is the energy of the body itself. Uh, that's why. Uh, when, when a person wastes it and act, or uh, uses it too much, what happens is it causes the body in general to become weaker because it is the life force of the body. Uh, and Hasidus explains that the, the Shukh Bazar is actually connected to the Nukudus of Nefesh. It's connected to the person's Etzim Amoros. The, the rai for this is that we know that there's a concept of Yofa Kaychabam and that sometimes the, the child can have. Uh, be more have better greater creatures than his parents. For example, let's say that both parents were created were born blind, 
nonetheless, they could have a child that is able to see. How is that possible? They, both of them can't see. The reasoning is because within the tipa of the father, it has the it has the essence of the neshama, and the essence of the, the neshama has all the koyches within it. And the father was never in his gal, but it has it within it, the koyches, that particular koyach. So when it comes into the child, sometimes it, it, it's able to be revealed within the child. So the tipa is the is the nekudas anefesh. It's the physical manifestation of this nekudas anefesh, which has within it the koyach of the guf. Therefore, as we're saying, A, you could have when it's given to a child, it can have greater chayichas even than the father. And also, if it's being wasted, what happens is it causes the body to become weary and to lose its energy because it is the highest of the body. But the point that we're seeing from this is that we see how the, the shift of Zera, it has an effect on all the other avarim, and that every time a person has shift of Zerah it causes a greater pagan within the, even the physical body. The more a person calls to the yeser, ha'guf kala, ha'kuchi kala, so this is a beautiful example for the first opinion. The first opinion is that he's the one that says you have to fast every time you sin. Why? Because every time you sin, it's causing a greater pagam. Because he's focusing on how the uh, avera has an effect on all the different limbs of the body. That's forever. Therefore, the example that's being used is Sheikh Vazir al where you can see even physically how it has an effect on all the other limbs. So that's an example of an avera that you can see how it, ha- even though it's being u- utilized, the avera is being done with one limb, but has an effect on all the other limbs physically. And of course, this is also the, the truth, how it would be spiritually. And that's why the Alter Rebbe gives the example of And that's also why it uses, gives three examples. It says 10, 20, or Loila. Eser is Chachma. So that's focusing on the first begam that a person does, the first begam is how the the the, the, the avera affects the limb itself. Over here, what we're referring to by shikh bazel what does it affect? Since the shikh bazel is the inner of chachma, the chachma, as we said, that the, the child comes from the chachma of the father. That's the, the chachma is really the essence of the father. So the, for the begam is in the mind. So when you look at the yud, the yud, the yud kevavki, that's chachma as it, as it is on its own. So the first time you do the avera, that's a begam in, in the yud. When a person does continues doing the avera three times, then it affects how all the other kliyches, all the other kliyches and the avarim are included within that avera that did the avera. So that's when we get to the idea of esrim. Esrim is yud Dalit. So the difference between the how the yud is um, the, the tzir, the image of the yud, or how the yud is, is is spelled, is because how it's spelled is basically how it's pronounced for someone else. When you pronounce it, then you can hear the yud, the, the, the vav dalit. It's only when you're pronouncing you're able to hear it. That's it's not how it is for itself, it's how it is for others. Just like speech in general, or names in general. You don't need your, a, a name if you're the only person in existence. You don't need to speak if you're the only one around. It's when there's other people around, you're speaking to be able to communicate. So the idea of the yud, how it is for others, it's how it's being heard. And it's being heard with a vav dalit. So that is the idea of how the other limbs are included within. Uh, the, 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 the yud, and therefore, when a person does the begam in the shikhazar al which is begam in the yud, it also affects the vav dalal, which is part and connected to, to, the, to the yud. And then finally, he says bechein lo'elim, because bechein lo'elim is how how it affects all the other limbs, how the limbs are throughout the body. Because as we said at the beginning, that when a person does an avera, every limb has a part of its koyach within all the other limbs of the body. So when you doing a very that koyach of, of that limb um, affects the parts 
of the uh, parts of the body. That's why it says Bachem Lailam. And also, Al-Pizah, we can understand why the al mentions this idea of Shukazel of Kala three times in the Perak. Mentioned it once at the beginning of the Perak. Then he gives, a second time, he gives the example of Shukazel of when he talks about Ga'akura, Amuku Dalas. This is three times 84, because he's again trying to enter this idea that it, it affects um, the Vav Dalas, which is included in the Yud. And then later on, in the middle of the Perak, the Alpha tells us that for the Avoinus HaChamurim, a person should really do these three sets of fasts and not just uh, rely on Sadaka. And he tells us that the first time you fast, it should be complete full-day fasts, and you should do ten times, ten fasts each winter. For instance, he says, you could do ten fasts each winter. And then he says, for the, the remaining two sets, you could do them in half days. So he says, why? So he gives an example over there. He says, ten. He doesn't mention Esrim over there. It just says ten. Why? The reasoning is because over there, he's, he's talking about the first time. There's three sets of fasts you're supposed to do. The first fast, the first set of fasts is for the Yud, for the Chachma, how it is by itself. The other two fasts are for the other limbs, how they're included within the Yud. So therefore, by the first fast, which is the most common, because that's how it affected that limb itself, how it is the Fnei Asma, everyone agrees that you have to fast at least once. Some say three, sometimes for, for Laila, but definitely you fast once. So therefore, those ones you do properly. For the second and third sets of fast, which is for the, how the other limbs are included within the yud, that's not as common. Therefore, he says you could you could die with half day uh, fasts. Now, that we have answered all of the questions.